Welcome back to Project Geekology. This week we are on episode 35. I'm Anthony and joining me as always is... Dakota, the guy that runs the Geek Critique YouTube channel. You may know me or you may not. That's alright, because today we're going to be talking about something that's not uh, entirely geek related, but it's something that everyone should give a try, because I think uh, you will enjoy it. It's just so good. Uh, and that would be Ted Lasso. Yes. Which is crazy because I feel like Ted Lasso is making waves, but still there's a lot of people that haven't watched the show. It's popular enough for people to have heard about it, but still not popular enough to where everybody has seen it. Right. And for those of you who do not know what the show is, it's a basic rundown uh, for those who are in the uninitiated. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, who's playing a character named Ted Lasso, he's just a southern coach from uh, America who, for whatever reason, was uh, (laughs) bought by the uh, football team or the soccer team for us Americans, AFC Richmond, to coach their league or their team. And uh, he is a super unconventional coach. He's just the nicest guy in the world. And... For whatever reason, his methods work, and it just baffles everyone around him. Uh, and that that's basically like the uh, elevator pitch for Ted Lasso. But before we get into anything further, Anthony, we haven't been podcasting for a while. What have you been up to recently? I know, it's, it has been a while, and I apologize to you all. We have been wanting to... No, don't apologize to them. Don't apologize. <laughs> they don't but deserve yeah. it. We, we have been wanting to get an episode out for a while now, and um, we are getting back together and looking to get that consistency back. But um, what have I been up to? Man, I've been up to... Man, I've been on like a serious uh, Persona 5 binge. Like I had played it. Uh, I had bought it towards the end of last year. I bought Persona 5 Royal, and I played a little past the first stage well like the first palace for for those of you who have played persona and i stopped and it's not because i didn't like it but like i kind of got distracted and i never got back to it but i've been playing it again and man like persona 5 is just it is such a good jrpg i absolutely Mm. like it there's just there's so much that it has going on um, one of the gripes that a lot of people have, or some people have for Royal, or the, I mean, the, the game in general is that it's a long game. It really sure. is a long game. It's like an hour, it's like a hundred hours. And then, oh, man. and then Royal adds like an extra 30 hours. <laughs> but if it's worth it and you're enjoying the story and the characters that you're involved with, then it shouldn't be a problem. It's not to me. Um, and honestly, that that's a good thing that it's so long because you're getting your money's worth out of what you're what you're buying. What are you playing it on? Um, I'm playing it on PS4. Okay. Because we what all o- know what that other... it's... Sorry, we, yeah. all know, we all know that it's impossible to get a PS5. Is it still impossible? I, I feel like it's, it's better now. Um, it's still impossible. Um, and that's mostly because of the microchip shortage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's messing up pretty much everything. Now, yeah, is that a COVID-related thing? Um, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Persona 5, uh, it was only on PS4. 
and then when PS5 came out, it you know you can play it on PS5 and it gives it that it gives it that boost. But yeah, it's a PS4 game. Dakota, I, I know that I've been telling you forever to play that game. Yep, 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 yep. You have. And I, I'm telling you. Do, do uh, I look like a guy who has 130 hours to just spare? Do I? Of do course I? you do. Oh yeah. Um. No, but. I know that that uh, you're somebody that that does like to kind of sit back uh, from time to time and, and uh, play some video games, even That's if fair. it's been a while. But I, I know that if if you do give it a chance, because I know you they like JRPGs. Yeah. I mean, you like Final Fantasy, and th- that's the good thing about Persona, is that Persona actually has that Final Fantasy effect where you don't have to have you you don't have to have played the first four to okay. understand what's going on. Um, they they teach you about the worlds. Um, it's crazy because each each um, game has a different group of people that, that's in it. And their worlds are different in the way that they get into and na- navigate this like uh, quote-unquote metaverse is different. Like in Persona 4, they, the way that they got into the metaverse was through TVs. And that, mm-hmm. that's how I got into Persona was I played Persona 4 Golden on the PS Vita. Okay. And so, yeah, that, that's what like captured my love of Persona. And so in Persona 5, the way that they get into the metaverse is like a navigator app on their phones. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to understand. Just give me a brief explanation. Are, are the different numbered games following the same individuals? Are they different universes all connected through this metaverse? Is that what I'm meant to understand? Uh, yes. So, the, yeah, they're all kind of like connected through this metaverse, but the characters aren't connected. Like, you know, you don't, I mean, at, at least so far that I've seen in Persona 5, like you don't hear about, you know, any of the past characters in Persona 5, you know? Okay. It's kind yeah. of like, it's kind of like Final Fantasy in that there are similar themes, similar, uh, you know stuff that you would fight but um it's a different world every time right right like you know and then there's like specific things that that are the same across remember how in uh in final fantasy you know there's like chocobos and then the magic is like the same right uh, the same thing with persona the magic is the same there's personas and all of them they're, they're, they're these be inner beings that awaken or like these people awaken themselves into like inner beings that were like you know they they kind of you know finally like it's like it's like that confidence they hit that confidence and like their their persona like awakens mm-hmm. um it, it, it's just it's it's really good i really enjoy persona um the persona 5 like the original game came out I think in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Royal came out, I think, yeah, at like the beginning of 2020. So I'm actually glad that I didn't get, I didn't get Persona when it first came out because Royal came out and Royal's like, a, it's a, a more of a definitive edition. They have um, a whole new like semester because you're like a school kid. In high school, it's a bunch like, and that that's like a common theme. They're like all high school kids, also. Okay, got it. They're really, yeah. It, it's just it's really cool because you're living this day to day life, but then you also have this other identity as somebody who goes into this world 
you know, you kind of navigate and you fight, uh, you know, creatures and stuff in this world. And it's really cool. Just like these different settings and, you know, some of the creatures that look crazy, it wouldn't be Japan if they didn't look crazy. Um, and uh, I don't, we, we shouldn't talk too much about uh, five just cause I feel like, uh, it's really easy to just fall into like a, a trap of just talking about one thing when our episode's truly about Ted Lasso. No, 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 but, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I was about to, to cut it off. Uh, uh, I, what right else have now. you been up to besides Persona 5? Uh, well, you know, the the usual, working, and uh, on the day of recording, I'm going to go see Shang-Chi finally. Nice. Yeah, so uh, Shang-Chi is actually very good. I've already seen it. Uh, I saw it Thursday night, and... Um, it's, I don't know if it cracks my top 10 in the MCU, but it definitely has some of the best action. Definitely the best uh, like martial arts work and choreography that we've ever seen in the MCU. So that's something that's really cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your reaction about that. Maybe next week we should do Shang-Chi? Yeah, we can. Let's we do can. that, because I'm gonna be, I'm probably actually gonna be seeing it again today as we record as well, because we're, we're bringing uh, my brother-in-law. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good movie. I, I really recommend you guys to check it out. That's but, awesome. That, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to do that. But yeah, no, nothing too crazy on my end. How about you? What's going on with you? Uh, well, beyond uh, Shang-Chi, I've, I've, been, I've been slowly tackling uh, the mountain of Star Wars canon. You know, I'm, I've been trying to make a Star Wars canon timeline for a long time. Uh, and if you have seen my uh, timeline journal series, I have like a visual timeline that I'm slowly adding more titles to um, as I go. So that's been uh, kind of taking up a lot of my my time, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I've just picked up uh, some mangas that uh, have been released. This one is a the one I'm reading right now is uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. It's a adaptation of the Claudia Gray book, uh, Princess of uh, Princess of Alderaan, and it's really good. You know, the, they really capture a young Leia's like facial uh, features uh, really well. Then there's another one uh, that's another adaptation of the young adult book Guardians of the Wills, which follows um, Base Malbus and Shirad Imwe from Rogue oh, One. That's my boy. I haven't read the actual book for this, and I think that that might be the next book that I pick up, Guardians of the Wills, so that I can kind of read it alongside the manga. But um, one thing that I'm really excited about, because I'm a big fan of the High Republic, and I've pretty much read everything else in the High Republic, is the Edge of Balance manga that is strictly a manga for the High Republic. It's an original uh, concept, original script. An original story based in the High Republic era of Star Wars, which, for those of you who aren't caught up, is 200 years before the Star Wars prequel movies. And uh, I'm really enjoying that era. I, I also listened to... They, they created a... Uh, Kevin Scott, he recently created a audio drama called Tempest Runner, and it follows uh, Lorna D. Um, about a year and change after uh, the first book that you read, Light of the Jedi, Anthony. So that's been good. Um, I'm really enjoying the Marvel What If series on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's not capturing me the same way that Loki and WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier did, just because 
I know that these are only like if they're ever referenced again it'll just be like for cameo appearances maybe in like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever but the stories themselves are really interesting and I think this last week with uh, Doctor Strange in episode 4 was probably my favorite so far nice yeah, so um, that's pretty much a catch-up to what I've been up to. Shall we get into the meat and bones of our discussion today? Yes, yes, I can't wait to talk about the show. I think this is a show that everybody needs to give a chance. I think we should talk non-spoilers first, um, so that for those of you who aren't um, into Ted Lasso, you can um, give it you know you can learn a little bit about the show and what makes it work for us and why you should definitely give it a shot even if it's not the geek content that you're looking for in a you know in a podcast like project geekology um but it's what's funny is that a lot of the people that i follow online geeks are you know solely geeks uh, are also just talking about ted lasso they it seems to be like each and every week, that's all that uh, they can uh, muster up the the courage to talk about, just because it's so good, you know. And uh, you know, I have I have like uh, mutual friends like uh, in the Star Wars community and the Marvel community, and they all are just raving about the show. And the reason I think is just because it's all about kindness, you know. The entire yeah. moral of the show is how kindness is the best option and we'll definitely be talking about that uh, in depth as we go along but um what are we going to be doing are we, are we talking just the first season or just the show in general because the the second season is wrapping up i think there's a couple episodes left we're not going to be talking obvious like huge spoilers or whatever uh until maybe like halfway through this discussion but what do you what do you think anthony should we just discuss the show as a whole yeah i think that we should talk about the show as a whole because there's a heart to the show that I think that kind of transcends over the entire series. So right. I think that we should <clears throat> we should cover the show as a whole. Yeah, we have a lot of characters that the show follows, not just the titular character of Ted Lasso, uh, played by Jason Sudeikis. We also have uh, a number of characters. Uh, a fan favorite is Roy Kent, who um, is a professional football player and by football we were talking soccer here for our, our american listeners uh, and he is this grumpy old player and he's not really like super old but you know he's he's probably late 30s so he's at the end of his career for sure but um he right. is he's just a, a grumpy old guy who's uh how do i explain uh, he he doesn't like when others are picked on i guess but it seems like he's just as, I guess, biting to those bullies within the team as as they are to the people they're bullying. So it's it's kind of a, a weird backwards mentality that this guy has. You know, what when we get to know him at first, he's the <clears throat> he's the team captain, right? Yeah, he's the one who is uh, leading. Uh, not only the practices, but also the um, the game in, in terms of like uh, what the team is, is going through. And uh, I'm going to say, at least for, for my part, I have never actively played on a soccer team. I've never 
watched soccer, but um, I know the basic gist of how the game works, but I'm not savvy by any means in terms of terminology or uh, positions or anything like that. So if I fumble, which is not a soccer term, um, please don't hold it against me. Anthony, how are you on that front? Um, well, I'm actually the exact opposite because I actually played soccer in high school and, um, or, you know, football for our uh, European. <laughs> Do we have any? European? And everybody else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that there's, or anybody else in the world, because really it is football to everybody else. And so, yeah, I did play and I do watch it not as much as I'd like to, but. Um, one of my favorite teams happens to be uh, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I know that there, there's gonna. <laughs> I know that there's. If there is any, uh, you know, anybody from Europe, especially those who are, uh, you know, really big on the Premier League, you know, they're probably groaning because I know some, there's a lot of people who don't like Chelsea. Um, I mean, but that, that's the thing is that football to everybody else, especially in europe and you know like the you know england you know that that's that's the thing man that's their football football to them is you know american football to americans you know like how they are like they get they go to bars they're they're you know here i think it's more so i think it's more than that. oh yeah because it's it's a cultural thing you know it is in the uk and other places in europe and the rest of the world uh like like uh one of our one of the characters that we will talk about later um football is life you know and <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to one of the characters da- danny rojas who is so so fun but um it's it's true like i i have some people i follow from from the UK and stuff and I have co-workers that are from Europe and Germany and Poland and they talk about it in ways that you would never hear a football um, American football fan talk about their their team or whatever so it's it's there's definitely a cultural following to it that you don't normally see with American football or other American sports like baseball or whatever. Maybe baseball, actually. But for those of you in that who are fans of the baseball uh, league and stuff. But right, right. And, and, and I find it I find it interesting because soccer, a.k.a. football to everybody else. All right. You got to. All right. Let's because let, we can't keep doing that. It's, it's either we'll just we'll call it we'll call it um, whatever we call it. We don't have to <laughs> correct ourselves every time. <laughs> uh, you know, was every time every time we say soccer, somebody in Europe cringes. Um, but like, I do find it interesting that literally America, and maybe Canada. I mean, but I know for for a fact, America that like we just don't care about soccer at all. There are other vices here, you know, there are other sports that have um, become extremely popular like basketball and baseball and football, American football. And I, I feel that because the, 
and obviously I'm not trying to say that those sports don't exist in other places outside of America. Right, right. But I do believe that because there's so much uh, high-profile sports, or because there are so many high-profile sports in the U.S., other things get crowded out. And, you know, I I also think that because uh, football in England and everything is so, um, or Europe, rather, is so, uh, it's the number one sport, everyone follows it, versus in the u.s depending on your cultural background depending on where you're from depending on the state or the city that you're in you're going to be following one team from one sport or you're going to be following one sport in general instead of all uh all of the big ones you know and 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 i know that that uh you know we're kind of talking about uh soccer but i mean it's relevant because you know it's the you know it's the big overlying theme of of what the show is but yeah i I mean i've talked to people who like football you know or you know american football and uh you know i i've asked them you know why why don't you like soccer or i've asked people why they don't like soccer and to them they they believe that it's boring because it's it's just people going back and forth kicking a ball around but i feel like the same could be said about football i mean each play is maybe a few seconds, and then they're stopping. I and personally then, and then find up. I, I personally find football, uh, American football, very boring. I personally don't. I don't find uh, soccer to be boring because there's so much more happening in every play. Exactly, and and that's why, and that's why I prefer to watch basketball rather than american football or soccer rather than american football because there's constant move movement going on and you know basketball there's there's like a constant movie moving of plays whereas football the the plays are being made up then then their formations are being set sure they do change though sometimes they do change the the set you know the setup um on the fly just to kind of you know throw off the other team but i i agree um i just think that you know in america soccer should have a little bit more of an understanding because i mean it it really it really is crazy because i mean i've played i've played soccer and like i mean it it's rough it can get rough out there i've been to a professional soccer match um before i've been to an mls match and People, I mean, like those things get filled. I mean, and the energy is crazy when you go to a soccer match. Yeah, there's a difference in the energy that you would experience in, um, you know, like baseball or football uh, versus soccer. The the fans of, especially when you go to, um, and actually this is one thing that we wanted to do when we were in uh, London last. We wanted to go to a game, um, but we didn't get a i guess we we couldn't like figure out the timing right but whatever supposedly like the energy is enormously different than you would see in uh, american sports yeah yeah no no it's cool the the chants that they do in the show the the fans that's a real thing dude that is a real thing right uh so let's get into the show a little bit 
the basic premise, as we, we mentioned before, Ted Lasso, he's this uh, coach who only ever coached uh, an American Football League uh, junior uh, team, is sent to the UK with him and his, uh, his like, co-coach, uh, who we will call Coach Beard, because that's his name in the show. <laughs> um, they are taken on by AFC Richmond, who has recently gone... Uh, through several managerial shifts uh, for stuff that we'll get into later on. And they want this guy who's never experienced or played anything uh, regarding soccer to coach that team. And Ted Lasso uses his charisma, his kindness, and his uh, charm to basically get, get the team back into shape. And it's, it's such an interest. It's such a ride, honestly, you know, it's almost like the feeling that you get, uh, at the end of a Rocky movie, you know, there's always that heartwarming, (laughs) um, like zero to hero moment, you know, uh, not that anyone in particular is a zero in this show, but they're uh, over the course of it. Everyone grows as people um in in ways that you wouldn't expect and i think that's the heart of the show is that people change another thing i really like about ted lasso and i think this is why the show works so well for americans is that he doesn't know anything about soccer he doesn't know he doesn't even know that they uh, have tie games in soccer you know he doesn't know the basics of the sport so he's learning as we're learning, and it's not that, that it's not like it, it's teaching us how to play, uh, you know, football and stuff. But it's basically like just introducing us to the concept alongside our main character, and I think that journey works in a lot of different. Uh, it you know, taking this back to like a fantasy or sci-fi setting, our main character is usually the person who knows nothing about the world he's entering. And that's why that's where the wonderment comes, you know, that the the whole uh, craze about like stuff like Harry Potter wouldn't work if the main character didn't come from a normal or, uh, you know, his own world into this wizarding world, you know, where he's learning all of these new things and it's wonderment. So it's kind of the same thing for Ted Lasso. He doesn't know anything about (laughs) this culture, this game. Uh, how to coach these people or how to deal with people in the UK, but he's taking his own knowledge and bringing it uh, to bear. And it's, there's a certain wonderment of him learning stuff that we're also learning as well. Right. And I think that the something, and, and this goes along with what you're saying is that it, it does work for Americans because we could easily put ourselves in his shoes. Like, you know, the, the average American who doesn't know about soccer would be like, I don't know how you could do it. I have no idea. They have all sorts of things, you know, you know, like the the concept of of uh, being offsides. Like, you know, we don't understand. A lot of people don't understand what that is. And, uh, or, you know, in, in the game of soccer, I mean, there there's offsides for for football, but you know, it's just, it's different. So it, it, it's easier for us to, to kind of put our, ourselves, I don't think it would have worked if it was, you know, an English, you know, somebody who, who was from, 
from England that was underqualified becoming a coach. You know, this is somebody who is underqualified, but like from a completely different part of the world where soccer is really at the bottom, one of the bottom, one of the sports at the bottom of the, the totem pole, because you really hear about everything else but soccer. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other characters really quick uh, before we get into some spoilers spoilers but uh another one of the main characters that we will encounter is rebecca um and she she's the new owner of afc richmond the the soccer team and it was her decision to bring ted lasso on and that was you know everyone is criticizing her for this thing um, and the reason I say she's the new owner of the team is because uh, when she went through a divorce with the previous owner, she won the rights to AFC Richmond, which is uh, a huge thing for her, obviously. But um, it, it kind of becomes a mystery in the first couple episodes of the show that we'll talk about, about why she decided to go the American route and hire Ted Lasso when they already had a, you know, a perfectly capable coach who knew soccer through and through uh, <laughs> and was actually from the UK and everything. So she's she's a great character and she you go through like phases of like hating her and loving her throughout the throughout the show, you know? Like she has moments where you're like, "Oh, she's just kind of like a damaged individual." And then um, other times she's, you're like, wow, this character is a real jerk. Right. But I love that. And then on the uh, on like the opposite end of that spectrum <laughs> is Ted Lasso. Right. Um, Ted Lasso. And one of the things that... And, th- and this isn't a, a spoiler. This is just really... <clears throat> this is a quality of the character. But he has these little sayings and these little jokes that he likes to make throughout the show and it and it's his character that's what makes his character um it is like i mean <laughs> one of the the first things that he <laughs> um when they get on the plane to go to england um uh, he talks to uh coach beard and he kind of asks him like how he's doing and coach beard is like uh well, I, I he, he like kind of states you know his like nervousness about it and he, he's like, that's good. You know, it's kind of like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while doing it, then, then something's wrong. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you know, he does, he does jokes like this throughout the show. And like, that's what his character is. And like, I love, I love it when they have a reoccurring thing in a character. And it's just, right. it's a really, um, charming thing about him because you're like, oh, there goes Ted Lasso with his little jokes. And it's disarming. It disarms the other people. They don't know how to respond to a lot of the things <laughs> yeah. that they're saying or that he's saying. And that works on a psychological level, like to his advantage, because he has kind of control over the conversation. Not that that's his goal, but um, it, it does put him in charge of the conversations that he ends up having in funny ways just because like i said he disarms the people with kindness or with quirkiness or with these southern sayings that you would never hear from other people and it's it's, it's awesome. hilarious 
It is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think we're skating around a lot of uh, things, but uh, you guys really need to check this show out. You really do. It's probably the best show on television right now, at least that I've that I've been keeping up with. Right. I, I would say it's the best, like non geeky thing that I've been keeping up with, and I I actually like having a show like that because, you know, don't get me wrong. I love watching geeky things. I love surrounding myself with geeky things. But then, I like having something here and there that i connect with that isn't exactly that right it grounds you a little bit right right and 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 it's it's actually you know it's meaningful for me because i do like soccer and they they make um they talk about things that like i'm like oh wow i actually do know about that you know yeah um, so the show is on its second season right now. I think it just released its seventh or eighth episode this past week, and yeah, each and every week, seventh, yeah. yeah, each and every week has been fantastic. Some of them have been much better than others, but um, it, it, the show has not lost any quality uh, in the second season. So I definitely recommend giving the show a shot if you haven't already. But we're going to be jumping into spoilers now uh, for the remainder of our discussion, just because. Um, we want to talk about <laughs> we want to talk about some of these things. So yeah, all right. If you haven't seen it, please uh, stop watching now. Go watch the show and come back when uh, you're ready. Spoilers. We should have like a <laughs> noise that we. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll just be you every week. Like, like spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Let's. Uh, I think we have to talk about uh, the because we were just talking about it. The relationship between Ted Lasso and Rebecca, the owner of AFC Richmond. The reason she brought him onto the team was to fail. Yeah, to you sabotage know? the team because that was the thing that her ex-husband Rupert Mannion loved most in. Uh, <laughs> I guess in his life. I guess. Um, she wanted him to hurt, so she wanted to destroy the team. By doing so, she wanted to bring a good man, who, she, I mean, she didn't know anything about Ted Lasso, right. besides the fact that he was kind of like an internet sensation from some viral video. Right. Um, she she brought him in to fail, because she knew he knew nothing about this culture. And every turn, every everything that he does, kind of uh, proves her her goal false in a way, you know. Yeah. He he meets every challenge with a smiling face, and you know a warm heart, and it's just it's like I said, disarming. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's and and it's so funny because like in the beginning, she she does her best to like kind of brush him off, but like he he's like not really having it. He just um. <laughs> Like he, he brings in these um you know he brings in like these like little like biscuit things and you know like and like at first she's like oh I don't you know she's like oh I don't have time for this you know right. and then like you know but she loves it she's like oh my god like what is this like she she like it's delicious to her and he's like oh yeah well you know I'll come in every every morning it'll be biscuits with the boss. <laughs> And she freaks out because she's like the stereotypical businesswoman. She's trying to be very professional. She's 
And she is very professional. I'm not right. saying she's trying to be, but he is trying to break into her walls, I guess, you know? So he's trying to understand uh, his immediate boss, basically. And by yeah. doing so, he's trying to uh, get as close as possible to her. And yeah, like you said, he, he's bringing her these biscuits and <laughs> there's a there's a whole running plot for the like first couple episodes where she has her sec or uh, I, I don't know, is Higgins a secretary? Is he yeah, he's kinda like, like a secretary. Like right? a like an assistant. An assistant, right? Yeah. Higgins is basically um the the guy that for the first handful of episodes is uh the punching bag of Rebecca. You know, right, right. He's like the lackey, essentially. And, yes. And, and he and he's pretty much also like trying to help her in any way that he can to um, realize this plan to uh, destroy the team, you know. But, right. you know, Ted Lasso being Ted Lasso, you know, he's trying to connect with his boss and, you know, she she doesn't really, you know, she's like not really having it. But like being him he's like this extremely optimistic person he's just like i i just feel like he he doesn't have like this plan like oh i'm gonna get her i'm gonna break down her walls it's just him like he's like i want to connect with the people like the kind of like the chemistry that he has with his assistant uh was it beard it yeah. is amazing like i absolutely love it because beard like he looks like this super stoic person but he does things at first like you don't expect yeah, he's very stone-faced, but he's willing to joke around. And he has his own humor, you know? Right, he'll do, like, little silly things with uh, with, Tat, with Ted. Yeah, but, uh, like, we were talking, um, uh, she sends Higgin on, Higgins on this hunt to find the bakery, or the wherever yeah. he's getting these uh, tasty biscuits from. And it turns out, He's making them, you know, in his own time. <laughs> yes. He's baking his own stuff. Uh, <laughs> I started laughing when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh. I said, this guy has got her hooked. <laughs> he's got her yeah. hooked and they will never be able to find it because he's the one making them. And it becomes like almost uh, therapeutic for her as over the course of the show. Like we see him like, like come in at, at the start of the episodes to give her a thing and she just like like opens a box and immediately like takes a bite and she's you could tell it's just like uh exactly what she's craving <laughs> right <laughs> she's become right. addicted to these treats it becomes like part of the show it's like the opening of the show he comes in he gives her the biscuits and then like whatever it is going on in that day like they talk about it but yeah like it's become part of part of the show and um yeah man like yeah i absolutely uh i absolutely love that character so, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the, the, you know, the coaching staff and, you know, some of the management. There's also, you know, there's some of the, and some, a little bit about the players. We've talked about Roy. Um, we haven't talked about, you know, in this first season, there's um, kind of like the antagonist of the right. Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. So, so there's that. Um, there's also like the the team manager, like the, the the towel boy, which was Nate in that first season, and he was like the the punching bag kind of for like the team. They would kind of like make fun of him, and um, 
You yeah, know. so Nate's an interesting character, and we'll talk a little bit more about his character arc because he's going down uh, in season two. He's going down a darker path um, in terms of he's he's seeing uh, he's seen changes in his own life that he's never experienced, and he's using um, that power to abuse others, unfortunately. But in the first season, he's a very you feel bad for the guy. He's the guy in the shadows that's like keep making sure that the team is like uh, getting getting their towels, you know, getting he's the water boy, you know, he's he's just the guy doing all the background stuff, making sure their their cleats are cleaned and everything. So he's being picked on by Jamie Dakota, Tart and they're friends. called boots. OK, don't forget they are called boots. I'm sorry, but that is not a boot. As an American, I, I can I can happily say they're wrong. Those are not boots. But yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, Jamie is like one of the the biggest like bullies against them, and he kind of and he gets like other players to kind of join alongside that also. And Jamie is it's interesting because he's the best person. Or sorry, he's the say, he, he's yeah. the best player on the right. team so he um has this mindset that i'm the best and everyone else is beneath me or is working for me you know so he has no problem making fun of others and he doesn't see a problem and he's been raised by uh people who you know tell him to put others beneath him so his whole life he's been the guy on top and he has nobody to correct him so it's it becomes like a weird thing when Roy Kent who we we spoke about a little bit earlier um starts picking on Jamie and the people that Jamie is like his cronies you know right so so there is a power dynamic shift within the team that uh we start seeing as Jamie realizes like all right I gotta do something a little bit differently or I can't I can't keep uh I can't keep picking on other players or the or, or Nathan you know yeah, um, and there, there's something with, uh, with, uh, Nate and, uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso kind of asks, or, you know, he, he kind of, he sees that, uh, that Nate kind of, he understands, uh, soccer, uh, probably a bit more than he does. And, um, he, uh, you know, so he asks him his, his advice on maybe some plays and, Ted Lasso's like, yeah, we'll, we'll try it out, see see if the shoe fits, and you know, go from there. And you know, that kind of throws Nate, off, you know, it throws him off. He's like, oh wow, like he's actually giving me a chance. Oh wow, he actually remembers my name, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it is nice seeing um, Nate get some recognition from Ted Lasso uh, and eventually even from like the owner of the company uh, or the owner of the team, Rebecca. But uh, it, it takes a little bit for him to get there. Now, we should talk about Keely, Keely Jones, uh, who is like this professional uh, like supermodel who is a little bit older than some of the other players on the team. But, you know, she's still a, a beautiful woman. And she's dating Jamie Tart, and she's always dated like the hot footballer guy, you know. Right. And it's through Keely 
that Ted Lasso finally understands Jamie. You know, he's he he kind of makes his um, I guess breakthrough into his character, into Jamie Tart's character, through Keeley, uh, and he becomes friends with Keeley, and um, and Keeley ultimately becomes a huge character in the show. You know, right, she, right. She is, um, you know, just a super smart, capable, uh, and and likable person that b- begins as the. Uh, girlfriend character to Jamie Tart, but uh, later on realizes that she wants something else for from her life. Right, right. She she wants something a little bit. She wants something more meaningful, and even then, like she goes on to take on a role on the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She becomes what is it? A social media manager. A social media manager slash. Um, she also gets the players their like sponsorships and stuff and she takes care of setting all that up yeah so she she becomes integral in uh especially some of the future uh plot threads that um uh start popping up in season two because she she kind of starts uh like their the the team on a sponsor called banter which is a dating app Right. And that we'll see will have huge ramifications in uh, the second season. But uh, other players that I love that, you know, don't really have all that much going on right now are uh, Danny Rojas. Yeah, yeah. It, um, when they first like brought him in, that dude, that was so funny. Like, because he dude, like he they brought him in to kind of. It, it you know it, it was like a way to like get at uh jamie a little bit and um right because he's such a he a he's a totally different person than jamie he's very nice but he's also a great soccer player yeah and yeah no he's like you know soccer is life and like well, um, football he, is life yeah um yeah he's from he, he's from uh guadalajara mexico so he is just a different breed of uh human you know he's he, he's <sighs> he's so fun he everything he does is just uh like i said he, he's he's different he's from a different culture he uh, appreciates life and the game differently than other players and it's just a breath of fresh air for the team. Yeah, I remember when uh, Jamie was, he was trying to kick, I think they were like penalty shots. And um, he was hitting the, he hit the bar. And then like Danny comes up and he's like, oh, wow, let's see if I can do that too. And then he like hits the bar. And then, and then like it becomes like a competition because like you know, Danny thought he did it on purpose by missing. Right. Yeah. And so like, uh dan so like jamie like he's like okay you know let, let's do this and then he ends up like missing and then danny like hits it like it, it, it was just so funny like the way like danny's character came in yes and he's like so full of joy and he's super humble at the same time which is something yeah. that jamie doesn't understand he doesn't even like that's not a word that will mean anything to jamie tart but um right football is death also <laughs> okay so we gotta talk a little bit about that there was a whole episode <laughs> where he accidentally uh kicked the football and killed the the dog that was like the, the mascot of afc richmond 
and the dog died and it, it basically like put him into a funk where he could not play for the life of him and he was it, it, every time he played he just saw uh i guess the other players were like dogs that he would like he could potentially kill and poor guy like he he had to go into like therapy and everything to to <laughs> to get everything back in order and he goes at when he when he got when he came back from therapy he's just like i have learned that uh football is life but is it it is also death <laughs> <laughs> was it i mean it really wasn't his fault though because he was setting no. up for a shot and like the dog was chasing a bird yeah it broke free from its handler yeah this show it, it's hilarious it also has a lot of heartwarming instances too yeah for sure let's talk about sam sam obisanya and um sam is a character from nigeria who is another just uh, a good person you know he doesn't yeah. he doesn't curse he is always very grateful um he understands that he's uh in a privileged privileged position uh compared to where he came from to where he is now so he takes all that in stride but he's picked on uh from the first episode uh onward by uh jamie tart and he's one of the characters like nathan that jamie and his cronies will like laugh at and pick on and it's it's unfair obviously because right. he's such a nice character but sometimes people equate nice as being a pushover and that's that's ultimately what rebecca thought ted lasso was going to be a pushover but it doesn't necessarily work out that way and it's it's through Ted Lasso's, you know, it's almost like an aura of kindness that he brings to the team that stuff starts changing. And um, Sam kind of comes into his own. He right. uh, he has more confidence in himself. He's able to make better plays and um, he feels that this team he starts to feel that this team is a home. You know, right, really, right. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, oh no, I, I was gonna say uh, there is also like that really nice moment where <laughs> um, there's that really nice moment where Ted has like that little uh, birthday party for Sam, and you know, be right. because he knows that that he was getting homesick, and you know, he kind of wanted to bring the family to Sam, and so yeah, there, there's a lot of things that are unheard of. You know, within the the locker room of of a professional soccer team, and you know he's bringing these things in, and people are like, "Okay, this is odd." But the team starts to it starts to come around with a lot of this stuff. But yeah, people on the outside are like, you know, like uh, some of the the press were like, you know, oh, so people are saying that you're having a party in the in the locker room after a loss is that a good way to to like communicate communicate to your team you know after a loss and you know ted kind of you know he, he has like this like really crazy way of answering the press you know in in like a way that just kind of catches them off guard at first but then they're like okay that's ted yeah so a lot of press is like they they want statements that are almost gotcha journalism you know they they want yeah. you to say something that they can use as a headline 
or um, as a means to generate um, some vitriol from their their fandom or their culture. And I think that's what Trent Krim, the primary yeah. uh, the, the the primary journalist character in the show, uh, Trent Krim, the Independent. Yeah, uh, yeah, they even make fun of that. Yes, like the rest and, of the, everybody in the room is like Trent Krim, and then he says that, and then like everybody else is like from the Independent. Yes, <laughs> because he constantly reiterates that yeah. that is where he is, that's who he is, and where he's from. But um, yeah, he he's at least in the first couple episodes, uh, he's trying to understand Trent. Or, he's trying to understand Ted Lasso, and he doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't believe that this is that this person is actually such a nice guy, you know, until he actually sits down to have a meal with him. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Yes. And this this is another like, you know, throughout the first season, Rebecca, the owner of the company, the owner of the team has a number of ways of trying to bring Ted Lasso down because she sees that it's working so she's trying to bring him down a peg she she tries to get uh photos of ted lasso and keely to surface in the tabloids she tries to get uh trent Krim to um you know have a one-on-one conversation with ted lasso so that he could make a fool of himself oh, but yeah in every scenario he comes out on top and disarms everyone you know, and I, I think one of the best uh, moments for me in the show was when Trent Krim, um, who seems to be an excellent judge of character, like actually sits down with Ted Lasso. They're having this super, super spicy um, Indian food <laughs> and they Trent Trent cannot stand any of it. But Ted is like doing his best to uh, I guess not hurt the feelings of the people who own the restaurant. So he's trying to make it seem as though. Uh, anyway, yeah, you you've, right, you've seen or, it, but right, it it was his taxi driver. It was, it was just a taxi resta- driver. Yeah, it was the taxi driver, and it was like the the restaurant of um, I guess like his wife's like family or something like that. And he works there right. too, and he you know he invited Ted to come come through, and Ted ends up doing it you know while bringing trent and trent kind of i you know i guess he's had you know indian before you know spicy curry but ted hasn't and so he's like telling you know he's telling the the guy like oh yeah to tell tell your your father-in-law to cook it cook it like at home you know like it's home or something like that and he brings it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> ted's just eating it and he's like oh He's like, man, I'm sorry to sway. <laughs> Ted is, and, and then like Trent just doesn't want anymore. He's like, come on, man, we got to put a dent in this. He's like, put it on my plate, put it on my plate. Like, dude, it was, I actually really enjoyed that moment. You know, but I think my favorite part of that particular encounter with Trent Krim is when um, he says something about like, um, the quality of the, the the quality of the players and like how he wants to do something good for these uh, for, for these kids basically and um, Trent Krim is like uh, you honestly mean that don't you 
and he's so surprised because of the world that uh you know we inhabit is is so like me first and business oriented and um win 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 that this character who uh doesn't care about any of that stuff uh just wants to make these kids or i, I keep calling them kids make these players lives all, all that much better you know he wants to bring out the best best in them on and off the field so i you know and i think that that's what uh the ultimate heart of the show is that he brings out the best in other people yeah yeah and yeah i do i do enjoy that i mean ultimately he i mean he does that for even a character like jamie tart who who leaves for a little while to go play for um manchester city yeah the 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 arc for jamie tart is an interesting one and at the end of the day you you end up feeling bad for him even though he's this fantastic player even though he's getting uh these great deals uh in terms of like where he's uh being utilized the best you understand that he has led a um a tough life uh because his father uh, expects so much from him yeah and uh it's not in his best interest yeah, you know no so you feel bad for the character you feel bad for um uh, because he's he wants to please his uh his old man but he doesn't he he also wants to try to do better for himself so it becomes a personal struggle what do i do be the guy who i was always trained to be or be uh the better teammate um right that will help my team as a whole grow instead of just me and he ends up making um some pretty substantial changes in his outlook on on life and um the 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 way the team dynamic uh goes in in the last episode that we saw we even got a moment where he's he has a, a a little thing where he's teaching one of the coaches that sometimes it's better to give my teammates space so that they can do the right thing so it's almost like he has learned lessons from working as a team over the course of these past two seasons that he wouldn't have uh, otherwise and it's it's fascinating yeah yeah um there there was a moment during a during their game against each other uh jamie makes a pass to a teammate which results in a goal and at the end of that game you know he's getting yelled at jamie's getting yelled at by his father and ted like passes him this uh like paper as he's getting on as jamie's getting on on his team bus and he opens it up and it says um you know that was a great pass or what a pass or something like that and you know like it kind of it's kind of you know it 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 just really goes to show that that ted lasso wasn't just invested in in him when while he was on the team he was invested in him as like a a person you know he's like wow you know that was really good you know i'm glad you know like i'm glad that you learned something yeah for sure for sure so let's go back to the roy kent uh dynamic because roy kent goes through some pretty seismic shifts in um his character and his arc throughout the throughout the series he goes from 
not necessarily the star player because he's a little bit past his prime, but he goes from team captain to eventually being benched near the end of the first season yeah. because he's showing his age. And uh, unfortunately, this is something that every soccer player, every football player has to deal with at a certain point in their career. They just don't perform the way that they did when they were 18, 19, 20. You know, he's no Jamie Tart. He's not able to keep up with the rest of his team. And this kills him as a character because this is this is everything he's ever known. Right. And you feel for like in, in real life, this this must kill people. You know, since you were a kid, you've been training to be where you are. And now you are no longer useful to the team. It, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough balance and it's a tough choice that coaches have to make. And it's not until um, uh, Coach Beard and Nathan, uh, the who, who ends up becoming a sub coach after several uh, excellent play ideas. Yeah, um, yeah, that was nice. That was a nice moment. It wasn't until they, you know, said we have to bench Roy Kent that you know Ted Lasso even considered the idea, and he he pushed back against it because, again, that wouldn't be in. Uh, Roy Kent's best interest in that moment. And he's always trying to please everybody. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Eventually he is, he is, uh, a, a, he realizes it's time to bench Roy Kent. And that kind of brings him into a, a short spiral. You know, he, he kind of, he doesn't know what to do with his life, but he ends up falling for Keeley, who is no longer with Jamie Tart. Right. And they, they end up making a fantastic, uh, couple the two of them it, it's funny because they're two totally different people from totally different worlds but they they work really well yeah there, there's also that whole dynamic where so ted so so we go go on to find out another th- there's actually a reason why ted took on the job as a as a football manager for a, t- a you know for a team you know for a team of a sport that he has no idea about and that's because he's going through marital problems yes and he there's a moment in the show where his wife and son come to visit you know they're they they go on to find out that you know their marriage is just not working out and one of the the biggest things that uh you know ted is battling with is that something that he's told himself is that he never that he won't quit anything and he felt like he was quitting um you know being married and it takes its toll on him also yeah, throughout and the show we, we see it we see it happen slowly over the course of the show it's not an immediate like uh breakdown for him but even in the first episode you know you 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 get introduced to the nicest guy in the world ted yeah. lasso he, you can start to see he has like this disarming quality, and his his charm is like um, almost obnoxious because it, it kind of just fills the room. But for whatever reason, even though he's the nicest guy in the world and he will do anything for anyone, uh, when he has that phone call with his wife and kids, or with his wife and kid, um, you immediately see that something's wrong. Yeah. You know, he's he's very placating. He's no longer um, like you can you can tell that it's a one sided love. 
and um it, it, it kills you because you know for a fact this is the nicest guy ever he would never do anything um uh, to harm his wife or whatever or his relationship with his wife but for whatever reason it's not working right so so that that's tough and then yeah the episode um where she comes to visit uh he, he's of the mindset that he can make it work yeah and uh yeah it doesn't work out it doesn't work out the way he expected it to yeah and it, it and and it de- it hurts his character but it, it in the end you know his uh his buddy beard uh coach beard shows up and they just call him beard you know um he shows up uh you know with a beard kind of, ugh, with a beard shows up <laughs> with a shows up with a beer to kind of you know show show his support and um which you know he, he's really an, an interesting character beard what's funny is that we don't even know his real name right, right. you know we, we don't know if his name is actually coach beard because that's all like i'm looking it up on like uh on google and uh apparently his name is chris beard so his actual name is beard which is funny um because he has a beard yes um. he does have a beard and he's such a mysterious person because nobody knows what he's thinking until he says something right but then he he has this like relationship with this woman where they have like this really like weird like queen's gambit like relationship because like they connect over chess and then <laughs> they're at this party and like they're playing chess without a board like they're saying their moves and Ted comes <laughs> Ted comes by and like, Oh, you, you guys are playing without you without even a board. <laughs> oh my god. Was the Ted's character is like definitely the best, but Coach is um, interesting because I haven't really like cracked into that character and like felt um a real connection there yet. But he is for sure how do I say uh, he's just one of the more, more interesting characters in terms of um, Ted Lasso's character, I guess, because he he's an interesting case for Ted to crack. He is in a toxic relationship that nobody nobody really knows how to deal with or how to like tell him he's in a toxic relationship until you know they end up telling him like you gotta leave. It's it's not good for you. You're losing sleep. Just yeah. emotionally wrecked. Oh yeah, I mean you know they they do have. I don't know, like, they, Ted, he might not understand everything about Beard, but they do have this weird connection that sometimes they do understand each other. Right, yeah, and they, they kind of understand each other because of the experience that they've had. Uh, I don't know how long that they've known each other, but they have such a rapport with one another that they can check each other when, when necessary. Right, and Beard does this several times over the course of the show, like like with Roy Kent uh, being yeah. benched. Coach Beard has told Ted what it is and and like why he needs to do something, like when Ted doesn't see it himself. Right, and that that, that was actually a funny moment where they have that disagreement, and Ted goes to talk to Beard, and Beard like gives him this like silent treatment, and Ted's like, oh, the 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 silent treatment, um, so. Like, you know kind of like oh like i haven't had that bef- before and then beard just like slowly starts inching away then he like starts running away from him <laughs> he's like oh 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's like really like good moments. Um, Let's talk about Nathan a little bit because we kind of uh, skirted over his arc a little bit. He went from being someone who was the pushover character. He was bullied. He's in the background. He's trying to just uh, keep the team in order just by managing like their towel situation, their boot situation, right. their uh water situation he's the guy who's just in charge of you know making sure the team runs at optimal performance and he goes and uh he has a couple ideas for how to run the team better he runs it by ted ted um is a character is a, a person that uh nathan hasn't ever experienced in in his life you know right he's willing to listen to nathan which is something that he as a character has never had and he's very shy at least in the first season yeah because he's always been the guy that nobody cares to listen to and that's sad you know there are people like that there are plenty of people like that so nathan is a very relatable character in that respect but when it comes to um after nathan uh gives these ideas uh, about how to like do certain plays or like um, who to bench and who not to bench. He ends up becoming a coach for the team, which leaves that um, right. that water boy position open, and another person um, picks that up. And an interesting <sighs> dynamic shift begins where he becomes the person that he used to hate. Yeah, and he doesn't see it. Um, yeah, he doesn't see that he's being uh, a jerk he doesn't see that he's bullying others or that he is um lording his position over others which uh really comes to a head later on in season two yeah and and, like he goes from like this character that like you're you're happy to see um get his recognition to like you know you know don't let that power get to your head and you know it it's getting to his head you know Yes, and um, what's what's interesting is he made a fantastic call in one of the games that you know ended up that that seemed like a, a crazy notion at the time to bench certain players and let um, subs into the game, and it, it turned out that they won the game, and uh, you know all the headlines are now uh, talking about him positively. Right. And right, it, it, he he had to do that after uh, Ted had a panic attack. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Ted or Ted. Yeah. We'll get we'll get back to that in a bit. But he has this moment where he takes charge, and the headlines of the tabloids and the the press are all positive praise for Nathan, the new coach. Yeah. And like you said, it gets to his head. Not only the power, but now the fame, and. He is not coaching uh, certain people like like he should. You know, there are certain players that uh, he is now actively dismissing and actively telling them that they're lesser individuals. And mm, yeah. Coach Beard sees this and he freaks out, you know, in his own Coach Beard way. Yeah. Which, which is something that I really respect about Coach Beard. Like, he sees wrong and he's willing to stop it immediately. Yeah, he he'll call it out. Yeah, that, yeah, that that moment that he called out. <laughs> that was funny. He's like, uh, "The door's behind you." 
And then Nate's like, he Nate leaves, and he's like, oh wait, no, this is my office. And he comes back, and then like Beard's gone. Right. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But um, it, it's interesting because I've experienced this, this this notion where you get a negative comment, and your day's ruined. Yeah. You know, I've I've been on YouTube long enough to have um, negative comments or trolls say something uh about the content that you're producing or the uh manner in which you look or your character or whatever that it'll ruin my day and i'll get angry you know or i'll i'll i don't ever try to take it out on other people I'm, i'm not that kind of person but i've gotten moody because of it you know so i i understand where this comes from so he gets a negative comment about like on Twitter or, or whatever, and he immediately takes it out on the uh, the new, I guess the the manager of the locker room, basically, the the guy who replaced him when he moved up, when he was promoted, and what's crazy is that the the kid just did something extremely nice for Nathan, and he oh. took this opportunity to. Uh, you know, just lord it over him and freak out. Um, there's that moment, um, and I think this was during, this was right after that Twitter moment where a player a player comes to him about not being coached. Colin, and yeah. Colin, yeah, and he talk and uh, Nathan says that Jamie and Danny are, you know, what do you say, like Van Gogh or Picasso or something Van like Gogh that. Van Gogh and Picasso, yeah. Um, that they inspire and that he's not somebody that inspires and, and instead he would be a painting that would hang in a motel covering bloodstains. That's messed up. That's like the most well-written diss of all time. <laughs> Frankly. Like, he really like just broke down. Like, that's worse than saying you're garbage, you know? that's you. You've had the time to think about what kind of artist this guy is and it's just basically someone to cover up um terrible things you know it's just it's it's a disgusting way that he treated colin and that's what coach beard freaked out on and um yeah so that that's that's huge you know yeah because and i understand that because that's not the kind of coaching that that any of them like and even then so Roy is he's retired from playing professionally in the second season and uh, he eventually becomes a coach himself and even even Roy being as rough as he is isn't like with isn't what Nate did you know right no yeah Nate Nate is on a power trip right that's not something that we've ever seen Roy do and it's actually it's, it's an interesting thing because everyone else is making positive changes in their life and he is nathan is making a positive change in his life but in so doing he is using all of his all the past experiences that he's received at being in the bottom and using that against the new bottom and it's it's a it's it's a huge character flaw that i hope we will see uh fixed later on in the season Right, right. Right now, he'll probably spiral out until he hits, you know, either... I have a feeling he's going to lose his coaching uh, role on the team. 
I do too. But yeah, like, I mean, even, even Roy, where Roy actively didn't want to coach Jamie because, you know, of their past and how Jamie is, he eventually goes on to, like, inspire, like, you know, he's like, and he tells Ted, he's like, man, you've, you've, you know, brought him out to be this kind of person. That's not who he is. You know, it's okay for the, for him to be this person in certain situations, not against the team, but more against the other team, you know? Right. And it ends up working. <laughs> right. Yeah. The show's good, man. The show's good. We can keep talking about like random stuff, but I, this show's good. It's a really good show. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Rebecca, the team owner. Um, mm-hmm. You do, do you do get to to know um, a bit more about her ex husband and you know kind of what happened with them that she they had um, he cheated on her with somebody younger and you get to you really like get to learn that like I mean he he really is like a jerk. Right, and she's a damaged individual. Right, right. And and so she eventually faces the fact she tried to get uh, Ted in trouble by looking like he was trying to get together with uh, Keely. And so, you know, she kind of comes around from being this like really rude person to being this person that's, you know, finally joined, you know, Team Ted Lasso that, you know, she believes in them now and she believes... Um, that he's not, you know, that he's not going to de- destroy the team, that he understands what he's doing. And he's using every, you know, every asset that he can. You know, he, he's, you know, seeing promising people, you know, he believed and he, he went to Roy. I mean, he was the one that went to Roy, like, you know, hey, you know, become a coach. Um, and Roy at first is like, no way. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it is nice that there is, uh, there is a really good like dynamic between her and Ted because she understands what it is to be divorced and she understands that hardship. And so there's those moments where she, you know, connects with them and, and is like, Hey, you know, it's okay. I understand. I do really like that. Uh, you know, Higgins has his moment too, where, you know, every, every year during the holidays, he has a few, uh, teammates over, you know, because they're out, you know, they're from out of the country, you know, they're not within their countries. And so it's usually like a couple people here and there. And then that episode, you know, all of them come over. Right. And it's actually a super heartwarming episode. And, um, it it goes to show like how great of a, a person, um, Higgins is and his family. But also how much the team has changed and the the uh, the way the team works as a team, you know. Uh, so it, it was really nice to see how um, they were able to accommodate that many people. And yeah, yeah, I love the show, man. Oh, what, going back to Rebecca, she's been uh, within the second season trying to find some replacement for um, her ex. And she's right. been trying to find love uh, through uh, several different means. She's been dating. She's been uh, seeing footballers on the side. She's been seeing, uh, or she's been like talking to people on this uh, dating app called Banter, which ends up becoming yeah, like they're one of their big sponsors. That uh, they they replace another sponsor because like uh, was it Sam? 
uh, one of the the teammates had a he had a protest against them because of like a whole like oil disaster in Nigeria that they had, and everybody backed them up behind it. I actually like enjoyed that. Even Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, and it's it's a really um, cool thing where like everyone's voice is heard in the show, from the 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 lowest. You know the, the the character in the locker room that nobody sees, to um, you know individuals from out of the country who are now on your team, to the the owners of the company, to the coaches. Everyone has their episode or episodes or arcs, and it's really interesting seeing um, now that uh, Rebecca and Sam are talking to each other on banter. <laughs> I know that's Dude, gonna be interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna I'll, be interesting when they find out who it is i'll have i'll have jen um jump in here she's not she's not with us now but i'll have her jump in with a few thoughts on uh rebecca and sam because she called it like weeks ago she she, she yeah she did uh i was like no there's no way but yeah she's gonna uh drag me a little bit for not believing in her theory <laughs> they, but, try, yeah. they, they try to curveball you though to make it seem like it was ted right yeah they did they did that was a red herring for sure ted lasso is an amazing show i love it i think like some episodes are literally a masterpiece i think it's fantastic um as far as sam and rebecca goes i called it like at least two weeks before the episode aired when i told dakota he mocked me he didn't believe me. He was a naysayer. And quite frankly, it hurt our feelings, or it hurt my feelings in our marriage quite a bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever recover from that distrust. But yeah, basically, and then like the day before the episode where they confirmed it, I went out with my friend and she also watches the show and I told her and she was like, where do you get that from? Like, I just don't get like, that's just so random. She's obviously texting Ted. And I was like, A, it's way too obvious for her to be texting Ted. Just because, like, they're the same age and the same color. And it's like, everybody expects them to get together. You know, even though they're from different countries or whatever. It's just, like, the most common sense thing to happen. And the show has been wildly unpredictable from the start. And it's also been really progressive from the start. So, to me, even if they end up together later... I feel like even right now, Ted is clearly having panic attacks and is not emotionally available. He's still reeling from his own divorce. But okay, the things that basically confirmed to me, or like that gave me the hint that this was going to be happening, were in the episode where Keely breaks up with Jamie Tart at that gala thing, you know, that benefit show or whatever. Keely asks Rebecca, would you ever date a footballer? And Rebecca scoffs and immediately says no. And I always kind of like... You know, she kind of like brushes it off or like, you know, apologizes or whatever. But to me, like whenever a character says like, absolutely not, I would never do that, especially in a show as like close to real life as Ted Lasso is, I feel like they're gonna eventually at some point, just so often in life, like I've said, no, I would never do that or, you know, feel like you're resolved in something, but then you end up surprising yourself. And I think that this is going to like, this is going to be a situation where Rebecca obviously um, surprises herself. There have been like instances where Sam's like complimented Rebecca and there was a scene where he invited Rebecca out for something with the team and she thought he was hitting on her and she declined. 
but he said, you know, like something like I would be honored to date someone like you, but no, I mean just for the team. And I thought there was a bit of chemistry there as well. And that's what gave me the impression that she was dating Sam. I feel like there might be more to it than that, just because I've seen the show like quite a few times. So like so many little hints were dropped. I felt that like, as soon as I saw she was on banter, I I felt like it was going to be him. To jump in really quick, there's also the moment where she sticks up for Sam's choice not to, uh, I guess, use that sponsorship with that oil company in that one episode. And I think that that uh, gave him a lot of respect for her. Yeah. So there's that too. I just feel like there's like a lot of little hints to it. So I'm really happy. I just watched the most recent episode um, and I'm super happy with it because I don't know, it's just like... I feel like a prophetess, you know, a and prophetess. Okay, you've had a, a prophetess among men, among simpletons. Okay. No one put faith in me. Even after the episode, my father-in-law was like, yeah, but you're wrong. He called Sam a red herring and that, you know, obviously she was going to be with Ted. And I was like, you're wrong. No one believed in me. Nobody put faith in me. And here I am, you know. All right. You've had enough with this, Mike. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll bring it back to the real show. Thanks for, ha- thanks for doing this stuff. Thank you guys for having me. But let's let's talk a little bit about um, Ted Lasso and um, the therapist that ends up joining the show. Mm, right after the Danny Rojas incident, she kind of just becomes a uh, a contract therapist that the the entire team sees. But the only person that doesn't seem to want to take advantage of this is Ted Lasso himself. Right. Right. Yeah, because he, he has been taught yeah, that he had been taught, you know, that therapists, you know, really aren't good, you know, good that therapists aren't good beings, um, you know, kind of throughout his life. And I mean, he is starting to to see the positive impact of that therapist throughout the different players. You know, that a lot of them seem lighter on their feet. They seem a lot happier. And so, yeah, um, he he finds he finally gets to that moment to where he's like, I need to to speak to her. But I mean, he's still fighting himself a little bit on it. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because he doesn't seem like the type of person to ever have panic attacks. But it's Rebecca that calls it out. Like when she sees Ted suddenly like just crumbling, you know, in one episode in the first season. And now she... Uh, now, now he's doing it again, um, and that's why he left the football pitch in that one episode. He was having a panic attack. Yeah, and yeah. you can tell that the therapist really cares for the people that she is seeing, even though she comes off as someone who's hard to read at first. You you can tell that she really wants to help the individuals that she's you know listening to. Um, and it's it's taking Ted Lasso quite a bit to muster up the courage to actually sit down in that chair. But yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. You know, he he even has like that moment where he lashes out, like you know, why should I talk to you? You don't know me. You're getting paid to do this. You don't care. You know that kind of stuff. And it, that, right. that's like a very there's there's maybe like a co- you know there's a couple of moments where it's like very it's it's not ted lasso's character so you know that there's something going on yeah so it'll be interesting seeing how this season develops uh and finishes we have a couple episodes left i think it's a 10 or 11 episode season but um i think that is our show for this evening 
Or this yeah. morning. Yeah, it was still eleven thirty <laughs> for us. What am I talking about? Um, yeah, no, there there's definitely a lot about the show. You know, we could go on forever about it. I think that we hit a lot of key points. Um I, know, I think I just I, I like the fact that it's just a bunch of characters who are growing as individuals. You know? Right. They each have changed. Uh, they each have learned something about themselves that they need to fix and have either done so or or are in the process of doing so. And it's really all started with Ted Lasso. If he wasn't in the picture, none of these individuals would have changed in the uh, for the better the way that they have. Right. And, and I like that all the characters seem natural, like nothing seems thrown in. Right. And it, it's, a, it's an important and interesting um, thing when a show does this, that they make every character have their own agency. Every character wants their own thing. They don't, it's not just like, um, every it's, and it's easy for them to write like a, a, as a team show, like every character wants the same thing, but every character wants their own thing and has their own struggles and has their own thing that they're working on. And that's how, you know, it's a good, uh, written show or a good written anything, you know, is when yeah. other characters, uh, when other characters have their own wants and needs outside sure. of what the plot demands for sure guys thank you for listening to episode 35 of project geekology next week we're going to be talking about shang chi and the legend of the ten rings i'm very excited to see it again anthony you should be very excited to see it for the first time um it's gonna blow you away uh you better text me afterwards because i i want to i want to talk about it a little bit but um any final words Yes, this week we're talking about people kicking soccer balls. Next week we're going to be talking about people kicking people's faces. Whoa. Yeah, actually, I think that does happen. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Thank all right, you guys yeah. again for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. You better be here for our discussion of Shang-Chi. We will know if you are not. I know. We know. We find out. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, also check us out on Twitter. Uh, that's probably our most um, busy interaction place, probably. Uh, I know we also have uh, Project Ecology on Instagram as well that you can find, but um, I'm personally most involved on Twitter. And Anthony, what about you? Are you, um, do you feel I, like I more between, Twitter or Instagram? I, okay, I bounce so. between both. I, I interact on both. I make sure that, that we get, we have things going on in both. Nice. You keep You keep that up. You keep that up, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye.